This is the Youth Worker Collective podcast from Young People's Ministries. You don't have to be in ministry alone with resources, coaching, games, and more at umcyoungpeople.com. We have big news in the ongoing Wilterdink Wednesday Adams saga. Yeah. You have chosen to continue watching the show. That is true. Uh, I, I need everybody out there to know that in, in my world, I, I do not have the ability to binge watch things, right? Like I, I, whether it's my schedule or my own attention span or whatever, I cannot sit and just grind through something for three and a half to four hours if I'm watching show after show after show. However, I have made it at least through Parents Weekend in the Netflix Wednesday series. So now I saw that dance in context. <laughs> the dance happened right like that's when you told great. me to watch the dance you just told me to watch the dance and that's all i gave it time right. for now i for saw sure. it in in context which helped and that's right you know it's also like at the right time if you're watching this live you also know that like jenna ortega the actress for wednesday recently hosted saturday night live and so that's right yeah there was a whole thing with her there too so it's definitely part of the cultural water that we're swimming in so yeah jeremy thank you for encouraging me to well, no problem. And what do you think of this as like a foil for uh, processing what's going on in teen culture? Oh, for sure. Um, I haven't sat down to like type out these thoughts, but mm-hmm. um, you know, there's some universal stuff that I think we as parents and youth leaders, as well as anybody out there that leads youth ministries would identify with in terms of uh, you know, teenagers struggles with parents, um, teenagers struggles with identity and belonging and trying to figure out where they fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, if I was thinking big picture stuff, right, like the whole bit about uh, Wednesday's experience at the school is this unraveling mystery and the stuff mm-hmm. that's going on around her that she has zero control over, but desperately wants to get the bo- to the bottom of. Um, Mm -hmm. it's a great metaphor for teenage life, right? Because you're looking around at this adult world and you're saying, how in the world is all that stuff happening and going on? And you don't necessarily have any control over it, but you need to make sense of it as a part of growing up and then, you know, figure out like, what is the problem or what's the thing that you want to engage with to try to solve or to try to make better. Right. And there's like these, the other thing that I find interesting, there's a sort of tiny little subplot, but it's really interesting for someone who spends time with teens and young adults. Um, and, and that's the, there's this, um, so like some of the kids, there's are, are werewolves and that's, it sounds like it's a coming of age. It's like a puberty thing that like you wolf out you, the first time you become a werewolf and uh, one of the characters is not doing that and um, is having this like, question of like who they are I, this identity question and it's and it's completely from the outside right she in some ways is like very okay with who she is but the people outside of her are like oh you didn't maybe you should go to this camp that helps you or you specifically know specifically her mom right like because yes. i just watched that episode so it's parents weekend and mom shows up with all these flyers to send her to werewolf camp so that she can really wolf out and become a real werewolf yeah, um, and a real interesting uh, dynamic between that girl's parents because mm-hmm. the dad just kind of accepts her and loves her and gives her a big hug. Mm-hmm. Does not say a lot, um, yeah. and has to kind of navigate this mom who's pushing her to 
fully wolf out and not accept her daughter as is and the daughter who he just kind of loves and still obviously wants the best for her too. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so I'll, I'll let you know, as we keep going on the Adams family saga, uh, there's a couple episodes left and I'm sure it's done well enough. It's going to get picked up for another season. Right. Oh, you know, it already has already okay. has. Jenna Ortega is now been named as an executive producer on the next season. So it's going to be great. But this is not the Wednesday Adams podcast. However, if you are interested in doing that, I'm up for it, Chris. Just saying. Um, uh, uh, would you be the colorful day, roommate or would you be Wednesday? Would you be the everything's black and white roommate? Which one would you be? Uh, uh, despite my bubbly, perky personality when we start recording, I right now in the season and much more of a Wednesday. So oh, okay. I totally, uh, I totally had you pegged as everything is rainbows and social blog posts, but <laughs> I like being wrong. So that's okay. But yes, what are we talking about today? If we're not talking about, we are talking about pet peeves in youth ministry. This is so, oh, man, I am so ready for this. Um, <laughs> because there are things that I think, um, I thought I've got so many. Um, and yet, um, yeah, I got so many. Um, one, uh, can I start? I'll start. Please, I'll please start. do. My biggest pet peeve is youth pastors who are trying to build their program by getting students to not enjoy what's going on at their church and instead come to a different church. Oh, um, wow. That's a good one. <laughs> right? Like, we don't do that. We don't do that. Like if, a, if you are talking to a student, if you come across a student and you say, do you go to church? And they say, yes, I'm going to this other church right down the street from yours. The response is, oh, great. Their youth ministry is really great. I hear really great things about it. I'm so glad that you are plugged in there. Right. And if you know the youth worker's name, to say something great about that person, even if you don't think it's super great, even if you don't think that person is doing a great job, we praise them because they are plugged in. And the thing that probably me the most about this is students are most likely to stay engaged with the youth ministry when their parents are involved in the church, right? right. So then, but when you block them out of what the youth ministry, their parents are involved in the church and you go and you put them down in this other youth ministry, or at some point, they're going to stop going um, because whatever reason you convince them to do that, it's probably going to happen. And then though they they've de they've detached from their their home church's youth group, and 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 now we've got a whole other issue. All right, that's my first one, Chris. I think one of the other questions to ask is maybe part of that response is. Uh, you know, if you don't know that youth leader or if you don't know that church that well, not not to put like the youth in the middle, but you could certainly ask a question. Be like, oh, yeah. Remind me who the youth leader is there. Right, right, right. And then if they know the name of that youth leader, then you've got what you need to be able to touch base and maybe make a new connection with that church. Right. And, and one right, of the other yeah. questions you might be able to ask of that young person is. You know, d does your church ever do stuff with other churches? Like, would there be some interest yeah. in us doing like a combined youth group or something fun, right? Like it's a great opportunity to engage with somebody else in your community who's trying to serve the same age population that you are. Um, yeah. That's a great one to start off with. Um, all right. So pet peeves within youth ministry. Um, 
these might be sort of related. One of them is um, some churches where where I have been, whether that that's been serving with them or you know just kind of joining them for consulting or coaching for a weekend or those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, when the youth ministry is looked at as a labor force. Um, you know, like something has to get done around the church. Oh, you know what? The youth can do it. They can do it. They can pick up trash. How do you want me to get youth excited about, uh, you know, ironing all the wax out of the cushions in the Mm. congregation, like in the sanctuary after Christmas Eve? Are you excited to do that? No. Does that mean the youth are excited to do that? Absolutely not. Um, would you like to do it together? And maybe make it a relationship. No, no, they don't. The opportunity. No, they don't because no. they just wanted the youth to handle it. For them. They so would they just like the youth to do that, right? So, I, so you know, wax in the sanctuary is one thing. Um, uh, you know, moving tables and chairs, or you know, showing oh, up early, staying yep. late to do those things, without any sort of connection to why that's important for the life mm-hmm. of the church, right? Like I, I yep. you know, from past conversations, I'm very passionate about the idea that you know, people will show up for things that they care about and for things that yep. they think are valuable. So listen, there, there is a time for that stuff, particularly if you're like at a new church start or you're meeting in an elementary school or something like that. Um, but to only treat young people as labor is a real mm-hmm. disservice to the time that they would like to give to your community. Um, yes. So yeah, if you do have to move chairs or tables, do that, but then, you know, couple it or pair it with an opportunity to, you know, make some other connections within your congregation and build some mentoring friendships or those kinds yeah. of things. Like right. it's a ministry opportunity. It's more than labor. I'll leave it there. Absolutely. All right. What else? You, you got? said they were related. What was, Oh, 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 uh, <clears throat> yes. Um, this one, <laughs> this one just might be youth ministry's reputation, but, um, <laughs> it, it would be youth being blamed for, the mess that's in the church, right? Like if there is something that has gone wrong or something that has been broken, um, when, you know, a leadership group or something just assumes that it was the youth that did it somehow. Right. And then my pet peeve is how the youth minister is always on the hook for knowing 110% of everything that happened in the church over the last, you know, week and a half to say, yes, that was us or no, that wasn't us here when we were in the building. Here's when we were not in the building. Um, and that's a, a tough p- position for a youth leader to be in because while the youth ministry activities often can be very active, right, and and, mm-hmm. and result in things happening around the church, um, assuming that a youth leader would not like follow the appropriate steps and you know talk to the trustees or another staff person about hey this happened we need to be able to figure this out because there's you know stain in the carpet now or there's a dent in this wall because somebody was playing jump and hang off the stairs uh or you know something like that right right all right so those are my two to start yeah no so i have basically it's a it's a related pet peeve and and that is that people wanting lots of teenagers to be involved but don't want teenagers, don't want all of the fullness of what that means, mm-hmm. right? So they want them yeah. only to be involved in the same exact way with the same exact demeanor as adults would be involved, right? So perfect example was um, they, at a church that I worked at, there was two stories, bottom story in one level, 
was where they would have a, some adult, a big adult class on Wednesday night. And directly above them was the youth ministry area. Like the ceiling of one was the floor of the youth ministry area yeah. where kids were running and jumping and playing Gaga pit and whatever it was. And, um, and if you had the wrong adult leader in that uh, Bible study room underneath, they would say things like, the kids are too loud. It's so distracting to be in this room, blah, blah, blah. They need to calm down up there. Right. And, and, and had I, had I pulled the room and asked them, would you, would you like us, our church to have 30 or 40 young people here on a Wednesday night and have effective ministry with them? Every person in the room would say yes. Mm-hmm. Now, if that means that it's going to be loud in the facility, do you still want them? <laughs> right. And they would have said yes. But the reality was in the moment, right? They were not mission focused, right? Like they were like just my own personal comfort focus. And, you know, you really should, at that point, you should do one of two things either get a teacher that is not bothered by teenagers, which is what we did, um, or, um, or move them to a different room. Right. Move the adults to a different room Um, because, uh, yeah, there's lots of ways that plays out. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, Okay. Other pet peeves for me, scheduling. Um, Mm -hmm. And this goes to perhaps part of your pet peeve, like, you know, what it it means to have somebody fully invested in the life of the church. Right. Almost every church I've ever talked with, you know, will say, we want young people in worship. We want young people in leadership. We want young, and then you don't put meetings at times or in places that are accessible to young people. So you say you want to be able to. You mean like scheduling an international voting convention for the denomination while school is still going on, even though it lasts an entire week during the school week? Uh, that would be a large scale version of that pet peeve. Yes. The, the smaller scale version might be like, I want youth on my, you know, one church counselor, my admin council. Mm-hmm. And right. we meet, uh, you know what we meet on uh, Thursdays at lunchtime. Cause that's when <laughs> our right. professional group, you know, can all take a lunch break and we've got two hours to be able to talk church business. Your young person can't leave school. Like they, they can't. Right. And so uh, it is a pet peeve of mine to, you know, say that there is a value uh, that a congregation has and then not be able to mm-hmm. do like the very simple logistical pieces of helping that vision come to fruition. Right. You can say you want young people all you want, but if you don't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, create opportunities for them that work for their schedule where transportation is available and mm-hmm. there's little or no cost to them the odds are you're not going to see the young people that you're hoping to see because you're not making it um, easy or realistic for them to be able to attend. Yes. All right. Here's a, here's a, uh, uh, another pet peeve of mine. Uh, Pastors who scapegoat the youth ministry and or the children's ministry for the decline in their adult attendance. Oh yeah. Okay. Right. So, and it's, it's interesting because it's a, you know, it will be like, um, we don't have any teen, you know, we don't have any teenagers. We don't have a good youth ministry. Therefore adults don't want to come. Right. 
Um, so then we get somebody to come and do a good youth ministry and then, uh, and then that doesn't work out. And then we say, oh, well, it's not my fault. It's actually the youth pastor's fault that the sermon I preach is excruciatingly boring every week. And we only listen to organ music, but it's fine. Like, just don't put it on the youth ministry's shoulders, right? That's not why that's happening. We see an overall decline in attendance in Christianity everywhere, right? So there's going to be a decline in attendance everywhere. Um, in your church, if your overall church number is heading down, your youth ministry number will also be heading down. Your children's ministries numbers will also be heading down, right? That's that's just the way that goes. And if there's something out of pace, out of step with that, then that's something we've got to identify and either you know figure you know like figure out what's wrong. Um, but when they're all tracking the same, we're all tracking the same. And it's not because of the youth ministry or the children's ministry, right? Um, there's always going to pe- be people who don't like your youth ministry or children's ministry. Um, but that is not the reason everything in your church is declining. Yeah, there, there, I, I like that point. There's a real symbiotic relationship there. Mm-hmm. And it goes both ways. It can either be pretty positive or, you know, yeah. it, it can be negative and challenging. So, um, you know, not singling out the um, <clears throat> if we're talking in a systems way, right? Like um, right. instead of being able to say, look at our system of discipleship or the system of our church and what's not working in that system. For whatever reason, it is almost easier to try to point at one part of the system, right? Like um, yeah. one part of your car and say, ah, my car would be amazing if only the alternator was better. Or um, yeah. I'm always having issues with the battery and I don't know what the, you know, deal with the battery is. You know what? That Often the battery is the symptom. It's not yes. necessarily the problem in your car, right? There's something going on with the electrical system that's causing the battery to drain that much. So you're noticing the pain or you're noticing the issue in the battery doesn't mean the battery mm. itself is the issue. And I think that does happen often to, you know, age level ministries or, I mean, almost any part of a church, right? If you do get scapegoated, um, right. this happened. Also, that's a biblical concept. I, I just, I want to talk about it. Is. Scapegoating is totally biblical. Um, I, one time, as a digression, you sent a goat into the world with the sins of your community. Close, 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 close. Wait for this, Chris. Go on. <laughs> I we decided to do this thing with all the like Old Testament pieces and what they taught us about the world around us. Okay, and we were going to go through the uh, things the Yom Kippur celebration that has the scapegoat, and because I am an interactive engaging speaker uh we did the work ahead of time to get a goat (laughs) and um and we bring this goat in and it was covered with plastic by the way because when the goats get nervous they poop everywhere which is is a bad idea i'm all bad idea yeah bad idea go on so goat comes in all the kids are like what <laughs> and the goat immediately defecates everywhere, which made them louder. <clears throat> then we get them calmed down, and I start talking about this ritual. They're going to kill one. They're going to take the other one out in the desert, and they're going to they're going to tie a scarlet thing around its horns, take it out of the desert, and you know until it dies, which is generally kicking it off a cliff. And 
And like, there's this kid in the front row as the eyes been this big. He's just like, and like, I get, I'm getting to the end of the point of the whole thing. And he was like, are you going to kill that goat right here? <laughs> no, I was not. Uh, I just tied a thing around his horns as an illustration. None of which probably anybody remembered. And then all but of a the, sudden the youth ministry got blamed for all this goat poop in the sanctuary. And that's totally unfair. Mm, oh, wait, that wasn't. Mm, <laughs> no, no, we covered it with plastic. We rolled that plastic up, put it in a dumpster. But it was everywhere. That's really uh, very impressive, actually. There's a lot of planning that goes into getting a goat in the sanctuary. So, well done. Yeah. <laughs> Um, here's one more. And this, this one might be my last one for the day. Um, for me, I, I, I think we could go on, right. Pet peeves are those things right. that, you know, just kind of have a tendency to, to eat at you and bother you whenever you happen to see them taking place. Um, not ministry related, but like when I'm driving, if somebody forgets their turn signal, um, yep. that is an absolute one for me, right? Like if you're in the left-hand turn lane with your right-hand turn signal on, you're driving me crazy. It, it is absolute pet peeve for me. And I don't understand how it happens old, old man. I'll be there someday. Right. Like I won't be able to hear exactly <laughs> how loud the signal for my turn signals is inside the car, but it's really loud. It's hard to do anyway. Um, okay. Um, when a, when a church says that we do not do age level ministries because we don't have young people, um, we don't have kids. We don't have like, there's no children. There's no youth. There's nobody. Um, there, there are, there always are. There are. There are. There are members of your church who are grandparents. There are members yep. of your church who are parents. There's members of your church who are aunts and uncles. Um, so just because uh, you you might not have the resources or um, sort of that that quantity of young people that are immediately recognizable to you to do a traditional looking children's or youth ministry, that doesn't mean that your church shouldn't be doing some sort of children's or youth stuff because you've got parents and, and caregivers and guardians who are helping young people be formed in their faith as a part of their relationships and part of their home life. So I realize it takes some creativity, but to just say we don't have any young people, so we don't do youth stuff or we don't do children's stuff, I think is an easy mm -hmm. out. And it, it's a big pet peeve of mine. There's always, there's always youth. There's always a, a community of children around there. Right. All right. My last pet peeve, then uh, we're closing up, uh, is churches who do not um, uh, train and equip their youth workers. And, and this is what I mean, like most youth workers uh, are younger. This is early in their careers uh, and they need a mentor. They need somebody who has done this before to come alongside them as a coach, a mentor, a consultant, however you want to call it, and help them troubleshoot and avoid rookie mistakes. Uh, that can be a senior pastor. It doesn't have to be. Um, it could be the volunteer who has been involved in that ministry for the last 20 years through it, all the seasons where they had a paid person, where they didn't have a paid person, right? But uh, when you do, when you just put them out there and say, go do it, right? Uh, here's a book or go to this conference um, without the sort of 
deeper relational kind of uh, support, mentoring, all that kind of stuff, uh, they're going to make stupid mistakes. They're going to do all of the things. Um, and it really frustrates me uh, when churches don't support them that way. Like it, it, in, for me, it's, it's like you need to have somebody that they're meeting with every week um, uh, if possible that will help them process yeah, and decide and like somebody that can be safe and confidential where they can go in and dog the senior pastor for how the senior pastor did. And it's not going to come back to bite them in the butt. Right. Mm-hmm. So it help them process what it means to be, uh, to have your personal spiritual life now tied up with your career. Um, yeah. all of that stuff is really important and you, they, people need that kind of support. And when they don't get it, um, man, it is so much harder for them. Uh, I agree. And I, I might just add one little bit to the end there because I always seem like I have to do that for some reason. I need to spend some time reflecting on myself. Like, why do I feel the need to always add something? But, um, to go along, you're the that, youth pastor to the world probably is right. That's your title. Um, that would fit on the business card a lot more easily. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> however, uh, it, it has to do with that same idea of um, trying to set someone up for success, right? Like uh, uh, one of my pet peeves for youth ministry is when somebody is hired into a situation where they are not sure what success looks like. And there's mm-hmm. there's not the support system in the background of the church to help them understand what success is. And I think that goes into that sort of relationship and processing time that you were talking about. Right. Having some sort of champion or friend on the inside that's like, no, listen, this is what we're paying attention to. And and this is what success means. So this is what Mm -hmm. we need to be building towards because you could have a youth minister that builds an incredible youth ministry, um, but it might not be seen as successful and it might not be like welcomed by the church because Mm -hmm there wasn't that conversation about understanding about this is the direction we want to go. And this is what success looks like. Yeah. All right. That's huge. Closing thought, Jeremy. My closing thought is um, I would really like to see our churches um, be focused on being as inclusive as uh, the school in Wednesday Adams, just saying, but that's my, Way to link the two things. Yeah, well done. Um, I I think mine would just be that um, a a reminder and an encouragement to not let the pet peeves get you down. Um, Mm -hmm. That Listen, there's never a perfect situation, right? There's not a perfect church. There's not perfect people. There's always going to be something that kind of bothers you. Uh, But don't don't get stuck Mm -hmm. in the things that bug you, right? Try to figure out those that you can address and, and those that you don't have any control over you know, see what you can do um, to, to kind of soothe yourself and your soul so that, you know, that you don't get consumed, burnt out because of those pet peeves, right? The, the Wesleyan idea of journeying towards Christian perfection is that Mm -hmm. it's something that we should take on, even if we'll never get there, right? It's the recognition that stuff isn't perfect. It doesn't need to be perfect. So, you know, do it a little bit better tomorrow than you did today uh, and let those pet peeves stay just that they can be pet peeves, but don't let them be the things that consume you in ministry, I guess would be my last thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, youth worker. Recon. That's a good word, Chris. 
happens every Monday afternoon. And uh, we really That's hope right. that uh, everybody's able to join us next week. If you don't get to join us live, you can always listen to the podcast, which becomes available, uh, you know, a little bit after we record these things and do these things live. Jeremy, it's been a blast. We'll see you next week. Yes. See you next week. Yeah.